It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, good to be here. And um, 11th of March, 2020, everything changed. Because the WHO, well, not the band, the WHO, but the World uh, Health Organization finally declared COVID-19 as a worldwide pandemic. We had suspected it. And we've seen uh, viruses before in parts of Asia and Africa, and but all of a sudden it's like here in Australia and America and New Zealand, all over Europe, every, the world was in a battle. And that's a, a new thing for our generation. The world has been at war before, but we've never been part of it. But here we are fighting an enemy that you can't even see, which seems ridiculous. You know, it's a virus, uh, but it, it can cause a lot of discomfort and heartache. And I'm not going to give all the stats of how many millions of people have died uh, worldwide. I know in Australia it's over 14,000, which is a fair hit. But everything changed. You know, we were having lockdowns. We hosted the AFL Grand Final here, which just seemed really weird. Uh, people were who were getting married were postponing and then re-postponing and then you know, there were funerals that you can only have eight people and ten people and including this and not including that person. And I mean, it just got ridiculous. And wearing masks, uh, particularly if you've got glasses, it, it was a, a bit of a challenge, you know, the foggy glass thing. And, and then those of you who, are, who work uh, in hospitals and whatever, I mean, you should be congratulated because we would complain about wearing a mask on public transport or going to the shops, whereas you guys were wearing it all day and summertime that plastic non-breathable apron and the, the, the face shield and everything. So it just, it was a battle and it still is, but it feels like, I shouldn't say, but it feels like we're through the worst. I think it's sort of behind us, but it's been relentless. And we've all fought it. There's a sense, okay, the whole world is fighting this battle, but here in Perth and our family individually, you know, we've all taken a hit. For some of us, we got really sick, uh, like really, really sick. Uh, there are people lost their business, you know, people who had cafes, perhaps not as much here in Perth, but certainly in Melbourne and other parts of the world. There, people really took a hit financially. I think very hard to measure, but no doubt mental health across the world, people have taken a, a huge hit. I think those of us, and I'm including us, who have had anxiety issues, COVID was not, <laughs> I did not welcome COVID. Hey, I, I, I battle and learn to manage anxiety, but that just took it to another level. And those who weren't very sympathetic to those of us who have anxiety, all of a sudden thought, oh, so this is anxiety. It's a horrible feeling. And... Ah, it's a battle. And of course, we're in a spiritual battle, always have been. Before you become a follower of Jesus, you were in a battle, and the battle was spiritual. It was all about the devil trying to avoid you uh, knowing the truth about Jesus. And, uh, but then once you saw that truth and that truth set you free, all oh, the battle went to another level. 
And not because the devil could take away your salvation, but it's like, if I could just make your life miserable, if I can just distract you, if I can get you so despondent, if I can get you resentful and cynical, I can at least make you less effective. And so this spiritual battle that Paul talks about in Ephesians 6.12, it says, for our struggle, our battle, it's not flesh and blood. In other words, he's going to talk about something unseen. It's against rulers, authorities, powers, spiritual forces, and they're real. And, you know, isn't it wonderful that God isn't like, well, you're in a battle, good luck. It's like you're in a battle, and I'm with you in the battle, and I'm going to give you some resources in this battle. And so I am going to give you the word and, and other things like that. And so we're going to look at prayer. And prayer is a unique thing because prayer is a great weapon in this battle, but there are times it feels like prayer itself is a battle. In, in a spiritual sense, sometimes getting motivated to pray and when we are praying, it, it, these mind games, oh, I think I'm pretty pathetic in prayer. And then this battle of, oh, I feel guilty about prayer. So even talking about prayer, so, you know, I've been introduced, we're looking at prayer. Some of you are going, yes. Are you telling me that it's not going to be a point of a sermon? It is going to be the whole message, you know? Some of you are going, this is great. I love prayer. We need to be praying more. We need to have more citywide prayer and churchwide prayer. We should be having meetings of an hour and two hours. And others saying, it can be a real battle but when you hear the word prayer what comes to mind for some of us we might think of certain people that have a a reputation of being great at prayer you've read books about prayer by the giants of prayer you've read books about people that got up at four in the morning and it's like I'm still I'm I think I'm in my REM you know moment at four in the morning I'm not ready to be praying and then others you know they pray for two hours a day and four hours and in uh, Seoul, Korea, they go to a mountain. They've got a prayer mountain. And, and it's very easy to think, I feel inadequate. I have regret. I feel like a loser. I feel like oh, I've been a Christian for 40 years. I feel I've still got L plates on when it comes to prayer. And I've got to be honest, I, I've gone through seasons where I have enjoyed prayer, then struggled in prayer, then felt guilty about prayer, that I'm not praying long enough and fervently enough and was it a real prayer did God really get anything out of it because I don't know if I did and did it really change anything or is it just words and it it goes on and I feel I got a little bit of a perspective about 10 years ago that helped me on my journey of prayer prayer is a journey we don't ever arrive where we become this amazing man or woman of prayer I think we're always on a journey, and I realized it all had to do with focus. If I looked at my own prayer life, too often I was focused on things that are important, but not the most important thing. I would focus on my inadequacies in prayer and my weaknesses in prayer, and even though I probably need to be aware of why am I feeling that, I think in many ways I lost the real focus of the essence of prayer. So before we look at what that is, let's look at what a lot of people look at when it comes to prayer, and that is we get really, our focus is often on the techniques of prayer or the method of prayer or the model of prayer. So it might be some questions like, well, when should I pray? 
because that, that's a pretty big deal. Should I pray in the morning or in the middle of the day or in the evening? Because I've read a lot of books about people that prayed in the morning. So it must, but then, then again, some of those people, there weren't electricity back then. So they probably went to bed at nine o'clock. I'm, I'm not taking away from their spiritual fervor or whatever, but it was a different world. If you're a shift worker, how does that work when it comes to, well, I've got to pray in the morning. Um, in the evening, what if you pray in the evening? You pray, you go to bed and you start to feel, oh, I'm going to close the whole day with prayer and then you fall asleep praying. Is God going, hello? Like, that's it? Um, how long should I pray? I mean, what, what makes prayer a valid, you know, like he's... Like, is five minutes, can you pray for five minutes and something happens? Like, is there a release of something? Or do you have to pray for an hour? Because I, I have heard people say, well, Jesus said to the disciples in the garden before he was crucified, couldn't you pray for an hour? So I think there's something in the hour. So we, we, we've got to have the hour of power. We've got to have the hour of prayer. Really? And, and I was into that. I thought, I, I think to, for me, you know, to pray for an hour, that, that really makes me, oh, but then I get into pride. So, yeah, it's a really tricky one. How should I pray? You know, is there a right way of praying? Um, should I pray the Lord's Prayer? And do I pray that from the Revised Standard Version or the King James Version, the New King James Version, the NLT, the NIV? I mean, I've got to get it right. And... Should I pray part of the prayer, then meditate for a while? Because I heard some people do that, and that's meant to be really good. And what about whew, praying in tongues? I know it's not just the Pentecostals and the Charismatics, but you know that, that's pretty, pretty valid for a lot of people. And you think, well, what, what do you pray about when you're praying in tongues? I don't know. What's that all about? Well, apparently God can interpret it. I think, oh, okay, where should I pray? Again, you know, focus. Where should I pray? I heard mountains are really spiritual. I, I hear a lot of spiritual people go to mountains. We don't really have mountains here. We have hills. So I guess a hill's okay. Does a hill count? Um, rivers, lakes. I mean, Jesus went to a mountain. He, he would have prayed by a lake. And, you know, this. Um, I wonder if you could pray while you're walking. Do you reckon that's okay? Or should you be in a prayer room or a cathedral or a... I'll tell you what, just personally... Um, Prayer walking has been a lifesaver. I, I don't know why. I always thought to pray you have to be still. And I don't know about for some of you, but to be still and to pray, or, and to pray to a person I've never seen before, never heard his voice, really challenging. But when someone said, you realise you can walk and pray? I said, really? Like, is that legal? Um, <laughs> is, is that a thing? And it, it makes it so much more interesting. So all these questions, and I, I, I know I'm not alone asking these, but that's for a lot of us, it, that's what we're thinking about. We th think about technique and methods and how long and, oh, should I have this much passion? And then, then we can easily focus on our weaknesses in prayer. Ever been in a prayer meeting and you, you, you sort of rehearse the prayer? And you think, oh, I can't pray. That, that sounds really lame. And then the person starts praying. And they pray every prayer possible. Like in 15 minutes, they prayed everything. Or they prayed this most eloquent prayer. Think, well, I can't follow that. But again, see, have you noticed what the focus is? Me. Me, me, me. How many of us, particularly in public prayer, you know, feel a bit awkward? You know, you sort of, or what if I go to pray and someone else pray, they, they budge in? You ever been to pray, and, you go, and then someone cuts you off? Oh, 
I, I didn't like it. For those of us who are introverts, this is a big deal, praying out loud. And some of us can feel inferior where you hear other people pray. They're theologically sound, they're eloquent, and it's just like, oh, I'm just really lame. And then that, just that question, does God hear my prayer? Does that five minute, does that moment of prayer, does it actually do anything with this battle? Hence, no wonder we get discouraged. No wonder we, we get bored. No wonder we have, we're unsettled and feel awkward because the focus is in the wrong area. We're focusing on technique. We're f- focusing on methodology. How long, you know, how, is it a certain way of praying? And my weaknesses in praying, God's like, stop. Stop. Here is the focus. This is what will make our prayers effective. Don't worry about how long and where. and let, That'll sort itself out. But when we pray, here is the key. When we pray, we are praying to a person. That alone has changed my prayer life. Not when... Not how and how long and all the other things and how I'm feeling. What would happen if when we pray, we focus on God? Don't focus on others. Don't focus on ourselves. Don't focus, is it right? Is it effective? Just focus on a person. Jesus said, when we pray, go to your room, find a quiet place, And pray to the Father. Matthew chapter 6. He didn't say, you've got to go to your room. He didn't say, you've got to go early in the morning. But when you pray, whenever that is, whether you're a morning person, evening person, whether you, oh, and Paul just just put a spanner in the works. We're we're debating, is it morning, evening? Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. How do you do that? My goodness. Don't focus on it. But when you do pray, Pray to the Father. Put your focus not on the how and the when and all the other things. Focus on whom. Whom. Focus on God. God loves your prayers. God loves your humility. God even loves our struggle in prayer. God loves the times we say, oh, God, I'm really struggling. That's a prayer. See, I suspect that we pray more than we think we pray. Because prayer isn't something that starts with our Father or dear God or whatever and finishes with amen. You know, that's the prayer. There's every chance at every moment of every day when we're thinking about God, it's we're being prayerful. Well, what's the difference between being prayerful and praying? You see, I think we're actually praying a lot more. And I've got a feeling that it's not about how eloquent we are. It's about our heart connecting with his heart. And something happens when we pray. We don't need to understand it. We don't need to see it. We just need to believe that when I pray and I'm focusing on the person, something happens and it's powerful. It's life-changing. It's transformational. I don't need to see the evidence. I just need to have the encounter. I am praying to a father. Though I 
never seen him, I've never heard his voice. I know that he loves me and I love him. I know that he's for me. I know that he is good. I know that he hasn't got a stopwatch. Okay, he's starting to pray now. Come on, come on, Rob. Yes, good, one minute. Okay, break the five-minute barrier. Come on, oh, come on, Rob. You really think he's doing that? Okay, let's do a word count. He only had 15 unique words in that prayer. Boring. I mean, what do we think of God in heaven when we're praying? Do you you really think he's analysing? What he's hearing isn't just the words. He's hearing the heart. And that's the main thing. It's like, go. Go elevate. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep pressing in. Learn from others. Read books on prayer. But make our focus when we pray We're praying to a person. It's how it works in marriage, in family life, with friends. When I'm with Karen, it's not like, ooh, this is only, I bless you. Thank you. That was a prayer right there. (laughs) And God's saying, yeah, I'm going to answer that prayer. Why wouldn't he answer that prayer? I'm going to bless you. But when I'm with Karen, even though, look, I have read a couple of books on marriage. um, Sometimes I've gotten really hard. It's like... Do you actually live that out? Because it's very good that what you've written, but you know, do you as a guy, particularly when men write, I think, <laughs> anyhow, I, I did attend a long time ago at the Joondalup Resort. It was called A Weekend to Rem- Remember. Yeah, it was A Weekend to Remember. Uh, but look, I learned a lot, a lot about communication. But when I'm with Karen, to be honest, I just enjoy her company. I'm not really thinking, ooh, that was only a 12-minute conversation. I actually had a longer conversation with this person. And I, I, don't, I don't go there. I don't think, oh, gosh, is she actually interested in what I'm saying? I, I just want to believe she is. But I just enjoy her company. And there are times we might go for a walk or go for a drive. And I think we know the difference between silence and it's really awkward because there's something unresolved, and silence where it's just, oh, this is so good. We're experiencing something, and you don't actually have to say anything. I think it's the same with God. I think there are times when we're with the Father, we, we do talk, and we do listen, and there are times we're just still, and it's prayer. It, it's sacred. It's holy. It's beautiful. It's intimate. So uh, really, I guess what I'm saying this morning is chill out when it comes to prayer. Enjoy God's company. Focus on who God is because that is the essence of prayer. Prayer is communion with the Father. When I'm with my children, I'm not ticking boxes and thinking, gosh, that was a bit lame. I didn't like the way you said that. I don't like what you're wearing. I didn't like your tone of voice. I didn't like the way you rolled your eyes. It's just when I'm with my son or my daughter and now my granddaughter, I, I just enjoy their company. Like at the moment, you may not know me, but I've got a granddaughter called Bambi. Yes, my first response to my daughter was, oh dear, and she didn't think it was overly funny, but it's a bit of a dad thing. Anyhow, I've got a granddaughter called Bambi. She doesn't talk. She makes noises. But I just enjoy being with her. I have no expectation just as well because she doesn't, she doesn't give you a lot. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't thank you. She doesn't, it's just, but there's, there's a connection. There's a relationship. 
I think we've just made prayer way too complicated. We've got way too analytical, and we've just got away from the heart of prayer, which is when we pray, we are praying to a person. Second point, and it's the, uh, this is not a three-point. This is a two-point message, but the pay is still the same. When we pray... <laughs> that was sort of funny, wasn't it? When we pray... We're praying to a person. When we pray, we have an unfair advantage. I don't know if you're aware of it. In a way, the fight we're in, it's really not fair, which makes it, I think it's really funny. I think the devil sort of knows it, but there's nothing he can do about it. We have an unfair advantage. Can you remember high school? It wasn't so much primary school, and it's not sort of when you do sport in your 20s and 30s, but there's a time in high school where... There are some kids that have a really unfair advantage because they have a growth spurt at like 13, 15, and some of it's genetics and it's from their culture. But, you know, have you ever played rugby with a 15-year-old and it's some Samoan kid and he's already 90 kilograms? It's like, that's not fair. And, and to the delight of his parents and the cousins and everyone else, he's just running towards a try line with the whole team on him. It's just like... That's not fair. Or you're playing volleyball, basketball with a 15-year-old and they're already 195 centimetres. That's not fair. It's just, well, it's just, it's just how it is at that stage of life. When we pray, it's not even. It's not a level playing field. We have the relationship with the Father he is in us, he is over us, he's working through us, and prayer as well. We have, through prayer, an unfair advantage. And, and, and I'm going to take it even further. If you were to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Even Paul admits we, we haven't a clue what we're doing. We're not very good at it. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans, that cannot ex- with groans that words cannot express. The Spirit intercedes for the saints, that's us, in accordance with God's will. Well, that's not fair. So it's not like we're in this spiritual battle, it's 50-50, level playing field, and we're struggling in prayer. It's like, it doesn't matter. Because in our weaknesses, the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf with words that go beyond human understanding and comprehension. So in other words, whether we're praying or not, there is this activity in heaven that is loud and vibrant, and it's the prayers of us all over the world, all praying at the same time, and we're praying, and the Holy Spirit is interceding, and he's praying to God the Father, or he's speaking on our behalf to God the Father. It's all these supernatural sounds going on, despite our weaknesses and our insecurities. It's so unfair. And now, let's bring in Jesus in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, and Hebrews 7, 25, Jesus is seeking at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us as well. So it's not so much he's tag-teaming the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm tired. You take over. It's all happening at the one time. It, it is beyond human understanding. 
So we can think, oh, my prayer was, oh, God, I'm really struggling and oh, can, can you come through? Well, that was lame. I even sound lame. I'm all monotone. I've got this nasally, whiny little voice. It doesn't matter because in heaven, who knows how the Holy Spirit and Jesus is interpreting and interceding on our behalf. Prayer. The activity of heaven is just this this amazing prayer meeting 24-7 that's going on millennium after millennium after millennium, and we get to be part of it. And the Father's saying, I'm not, take, I'm not giving you a score. I just want to do life together. I just want to hang out together. Let's go for a walk. I, I, I love it when you, you're struggling with words. I, I don't, there's just no judgment. I, I, I just... I'm not laughing at you. I'm not laughing with you. It's just, it's real. I do real. If anything, I don't like it when people pretend to be spiritual and saying all these amazing things and everyone around them thinking, whoa. It's like, did you read the Gospels, my son Jesus? The times he's... He had a conversation that was pretty direct. It wasn't with the woman at the well. It wasn't, you know, the blind. It wasn't the poor. It was the religious. You know, you got a tax collector going to God in prayer going, oh, help me, I'm useless, I'm a sinner. Then you get this religious guy, oh, Father God, I thank you that I'm a man and not a woman. I thank you that I'm a Jew and not a Gentile. I thank you that I'm wealthy and not poor. And I come to beseech thee, and God's going, ah. Serious religion. Sometimes the best prayer is, oh God, oh God, oh God. It's, oh, I feel that. I connect with that. And just saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, in the spirit realm, you have no idea. You have such an unfair advantage. So I'm going to leave with you the most simplest of Models, but it's not a model that you need to duplicate and do it in order and how long for each part. It's just, it's just, I'm changing the words to make it even a little bit more just contemporary, grounded. But the focus is all about when we pray, we're praying to a person and we have an unfair advantage. So when you pray from time to time, put in a wow, just wow. You look at the sunset. Wow. You watch a wave. Wow. You have a good meal. Wow. We had a time of worship. Wow. It's like you can say, wow. You can say, wow, God, you are just incredible. So don't focus on the sunset. Don't focus on the music. Don't focus on the food. But behind all of that drama is God. And it's just, oh, wow. It's so good. Wow. Then from time to time, you might throw in help. <laughs> help, I'm struggling, with, I'm struggling with prayer. Help, I'm struggling with lust. Help, I'm struggling with my ego. Help, my, my family needs help. Um, Ukraine needs help. And, and so sometimes part of our prayer life is just a bit of a help, flare gun, help. And then from time to time, throw in, oh, thanks. Thanks for being my father. Thank you for listening. Thank you for believing me. 
Thank you for what you're doing in this community, in this church. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for people who are here for the first time. And so it's just, wow, help, thanks, thanks, help. Oh, wow, help, thanks. All the time when we pray, we're praying to a person and we have an unfair advantage. So what I thought I would do is we're going to finish with a prayer, a prayer that we're fairly familiar with. A lot of our Catholic and Anglican brothers and sisters will be going, hey, you guys, way to go. You're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. But we're going to pray it this time. Not focusing on the words. I hope I get the right words. And some of us are going to probably recite it from the NIV and the RSV. It doesn't matter. But as we pray this together, we are praying to God the Father. And this prayer is powerful. This prayer is warfare. Because when the disciples, just like us, said, oh, Jesus, we've heard you pray. You're really good. Can you help us? Because we're lame. And Jesus says, I'll give you a model. But it's not just a model. It's a relationship. So together, let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.